podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast entitled, Why Distance Learning? Today, I have Marcy Powell. Hi, Marcy. How are you? I'm great, Marilyn. How are you? Great. Thank you. She is actually going to discuss the question, Why Distance Learning? Many of you may know Marcy in the industry. Marcy is the president of USDLA, and she is also the Global Director of Higher Education and Corporate Training for Polycom, Inc., which is, as many of you know, the leading manufacturer of video and audio conferencing solutions. Prior to Polycom, Marcy spent years in the classroom and educational administration and was most recently Director of Education at AT AT&T. Thank you for joining us, Marcy. Glad to be here, Marilyn. First, I think the audience might want to know, maybe talk a little bit about your responsibilities as president of USDLA and what, what is USDLA? Sure, I'd love to. USDLA is an organization that has been created to serve the needs of distance learning and the distance learning community by providing advocacy, information, networking, and opportunity. We are a volunteer organization. We do have a few employees at headquarters. I believe you've heard John Flores, who is our chief executive officer, as well as a few other wonderful people there at headquarters in Boston. They offer us great help, but the majority of the board of directors are volunteers. All of us have our own careers, um, and all of our members are individual or corporate or institutional organizations in every industry. So it can be K-12, higher ed, government, healthcare, corporations, uh, any of those organizations and markets. And we serve all forms of distance learning, including blended learning, video conferencing, audio conferencing, online learning, satellite learning, etc. Great organization. Now to the topic of why distance learning. I know you are a specialist in the area and I guess my first question and I'm sure people would like to know, what are some of the key factors actually driving the need for distance learning? Oh, good question. You know, we have a lot of uh, key factors driving it. One of the ones that stand out the most in my mind are the funding issues. We look today at budget constraints and the lack of incoming revenue, as well as the constant push to cut our cost um, and, and the push for us to drive or increase revenue. That seems to be a very strong factor in driving people towards implementing distance learning. Uh, We also have the strong need to provide educational equity. We have a lot of rural communities across the United States and globally for that matter. Um, And we need to provide the same level of education that those who are in the urban or suburban areas can receive. We also have a lot of pressure to maintain compliances with standards or requirements 
regardless of if you're educational or corporation, government, etc. You have these maintaining compliance requirements. And then we have to stay competitive globally. Uh, when you look at the world globally, you see that there is competition even in education or corporations. And then we're always looking at how to increase performance, um, how to increase our student performance, how to increase our workforce performance, etc. Those are just a few. Excellent. You actually mentioned uh, global competitiveness. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. Uh, we're looking at equipping students to be able to compete in a global economy today. I mean, many people have read Thomas Friedman's book, The World is Flat, where it talks about how students today no longer compete against the person sitting next to them in class at the university. They're going to compete against other people from anywhere in the world for whatever job because of the way technology has changed in our 21st century and empowered this type of market. So we know also that financially the current market is unsettled and addressing the fiscal needs. So you see many universities who are now competing for students. They must increase their student enrollment and generate revenue. They also must focus on the needs of corporations to make sure they're raising generations in a workforce that are globally competitive. We look at recently, Marilyn, there was a survey of about 431 HR officials in, mm -hmm. across the United States. And what they came back with, the questions were, you know, are we pre adequately preparing our workforce for your needs? What are your needs in this globally competitive environment? And essentially, what they were saying is that we need a workforce who can do critical thinking and problem solving, who know how to work in teams and collaborate. So there were many things that they shared with higher ed educational institutions that drove us towards utilizing distance learning as a method to meet some of those needs and prepare a global workforce. Excellent. Fascinating survey. How does actually distance learning, do you feel, improve education or, or the bottom line if you're a corporation? Well, the bottom line is we've talked about fiscal constraints, and we know that we've got to generate revenue. How are we going to do that? How are we going to save cost savings when you're a corporation? Distance learning enables and empowers universities to increase the number of students without the constraint of space or aging infrastructure. So that is a big impact. And then we know we need sometimes to clone our trainers or faculty, offer more programs, even to a specialized segment. For example, if you have a high-level courses that need to be distributed to students, for let's look at K-12 for a moment. Mandarin Chinese in a global economy is, is a big need. Mm -hmm. And how often can we find Mandarin Chinese instructors? They're, they're limited. And so to be able to offer this, addressing the educational equity, giving everyone access to a Mandarin Chinese instruction is a big demand. Uh, Kansas, uh, the state of Kansas has a video conferencing extensive network where they deliver in K-12 Mandarin Chinese across the state. On a common level, when you're looking at corporations that have to deliver new employee orientation, mandatory classes. All of us at all levels have professional development we have to offer. And so to be able to find a way to, 
do that through cost savings and reach the masses, cloning our faculty or trainers is very important. We also know that today, because the demand, workplace is not a lot of rote task-oriented mm -hmm. jobs. Mm -hmm. It is more analytical and critical thinking and creative right. thinking. So we have to find a way to reach these students and empower them to uh, obtain the access or have access to content, to have just-in-time learning and so forth. Distance learning empowers all of that. So you look at that and, and, and then you look at also that actually many some of the research out more recently shows that there's an academic increase in student performance. Mm -hmm. I guess when I talk to people that are not familiar with distance learning, quite often I hear how can online be interactive or engaging? How can you use this technology to even begin to meet, match what a traditional classroom can do? And we're seeing studies come out that show it actually surpasses some traditional learning environments. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, Marcy, we hear a lot about corporations and educational ins uh, institutions implementing going green projects. Yes. Can you expand a little bit more on some of the going green initiatives sure. um, that are happening? Sure. Going green is like the hot topic today. Everywhere I go, and I travel worldwide I'm, because I'm global, and I hear that all of the time. Uh, just last week, I was in Germany and working with the Fujitsu Siemens Corporation, who were presenting their FY07 financial earnings. They have a lot of going green initiatives. And some of the ones that struck me that impact distance learning, because when you look at distance learning, we're going green, we're trying to save the wear and tear on our economy as well as on our environment. So we distance learning, of course, reduces travel for faculty and students. It reduces time. There's generous cost savings in those areas. Well, you also look at, well, if we're going to do online, for example, or video conferencing or any of these technologies, aren't we increasing the use of electricity and power to energize all of the servers and so forth and so on? So are you really seeing a, a green initiative work? Mm -hmm. Fujitsu Siemens, for example, has implemented their Primergy where they have zero watts monitors. They have, last year, uh, power-efficient server consolidations that actually save 2 million kilowatts a year, and which is uh, 1,240 tons of carbon dioxide. Unbelievable. Can you believe that? No. And no. <laughs> so, so you look at, with any of these technologies, if you're saying with gas, the price that it is today, uh, so if we can cut down on how much we have to travel, if we can use these technologies not only in distance learning but in administrative and other corporate roles with executives, et cetera, then there's a tremendous return on investment uh, for going green. Thank you. What a, what a wonderful explanation. Um, it sounds like you've been very involved with it. That's exciting. Kind of last question or two. I want to get a feel from you. How do you see distance learning actually benefiting students, learners? Uh, what has been your experience? You you referred to it a little a few minutes ago. Could you expand a little? I have kind of done an overall distance learning in general. When I see the practical applications, that really drives my passion for what I do. When I see in many different environments, Marilyn, so when I look at K-12, and they're using the technology to enhance their curriculum, 
to offer not only the courses and in many K-12 or elementary secondary institutions, they are actually offering college level courses down into the high schools. There's one school district in West Texas that now has students simultaneously receiving their high school diploma and their two-year associate's degree. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And so and that that would be, you know, with courses where you look at um, enhancing the curriculum and all these virtual field trips where they get to meet subject matter experts and authors and all sorts of environments. Students are also using it to create content and so they're meeting a lot of these standards we talked about that and require teaching, working in teams with someone clear across the world. That's exciting in K-12, especially when you think about they're preparing them for the university level. You get to the university level, they're using the technology to do a lot of projects, particularly in research. So not only do you have MBA programs that, and, and all other types of programs that are online or over video conferencing or over satellite distribution, instructional television, etc. So the courses again, but the collaboration, the teamwork we talked about that the HR directors want to see their workforce prepared for, creating that collaborative environment at an international level. Recently, I was speaking with a gentleman who had just returned from China. And he was working with some major corporations over there who had hired some U.S. executives to come to China and work. And after six months, they had to let them go because... Oh they did not know how, they were so individualized yes. and they couldn't work in teams and collaboration and do things without seeking, look what I've done and look what, in here. and it's all bottom line for me instead of that whole corporate mentality that we see in, in China versus some, some of the other countries. Using this, these technologies to create these collaborative environments, UC Berkeley just in November of 2007 received a $500 million grant from BP where University uh, Berkeley, UC mm -hmm. Berkeley and University of Illinois are doing a joint research project with BP on bi biofuel um, research. Excellent. And so that takes a lot of distance learning and collaborative environment. And so we're seeing that that way. And we look at healthcare with all the telemedicine and all the telelearning, mm -hmm. extensive streaming, showing the latest surgical procedures, uh, grand rounds and all of that through distance learning. They're reaching a greater mass. I even recently saw a, a conference in which the surgeons were back in California doing the latest techniques and all of or the, the surgical team. The other surgeons were at the conference sitting on the East Coast watching this latest procedure and learning these new techniques. How wonderful. They were just right in the classroom, How though they wonderful. were on opposite coasts. So you see a lot of practical applications in distance learning that are just exciting. Oh, They're they are exciting. exciting. Marcy, thank you so much. You really have given us some really some thought-provoking ideas and suggestions of why distance learning. Thank you for joining us today. And I would ask the audience, please do not hesitate to contact me, uh, Dr. Marilyn Gardner at the USDLA, uh, or Marcy Powell. You can get to Marcy through us at USDLA as uh, president of USDLA. And you can also check out our website at www.usdla.org. Dot org. 
Thank you very much, and I hope you have a wonderful day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.